Stop gossiping. Stop gossiping about past you. What does it mean to gossip? First of all, gossiping most of the time is about other people, obviously. But and how does it work? That's now the question. It works on the level of psychology. It works like this. You basically set a certain standard for something very specific. You could say, somebody else doesn't do sport. Therefore, I do a little bit of sport. Therefore, here is the level of the other person. Here is my level because I do more sport. And therefore, I am more healthier. I am better. I am sportier. Basically, the bigger the difference between those two levels is, the better this method of gossiping works. So now, this is something that's very obvious, because it's something all of us have experienced. It's not necessarily something, necessarily something all of us do on a frequent basis, but it's something that is in our lives. And now, from this very simple thing, let's go to the next thing. And the next thing is gossiping about ourselves. There is this concept. So first of all, we have to introduce two different concepts. The first concept is this. You, as you are right now, is the only thing, first of all, that will ever exist. Everything else only exists in our minds. Past you exists only as a memory. And future you exists only as a projection. It's like, yeah, I will be. In two weeks, I will be there and there and there. And you can make these things up. But these things are just a theory. Because things could happen that would make the future kind of... I mean, the future already is unpredictable. But things could happen that make your prediction about the you in the future actually invalid. So now, let's go back. This is kind of the first approach already, the first thing we need to understand. Again, there are different versions of you. On every single point in time, there exists only one version of you. I mean, if there would exist two versions of you, that's a different case, I guess. But this means the you that existed yesterday will never exist again. There are no second chances because every single person on this earth is always in a different state. Therefore, we cannot repeat things. Everything can only be done once because time is linear. And time only moves into one direction. I mean, theoretically, it could also move into another direction. Or, I mean, the reversibility of time is kind of tied to entropy. But that's something different, I guess. So therefore, we just have the axiom, the assumption that time is linear. If time is linear and we change over time, then there are only, in every single unit of time, and this, this unit of time can be incrementally small, it doesn't matter. It can be a year, it can be a month, it can be an hour, it can be a week, it can be a second, it can be a millisecond, it can be a microsecond, it can be even smaller. It doesn't really matter because... In every single point in time, if you take the timeline and just cut it into two, and at this particular point in time, it doesn't matter how small it is, it's just one point. That's the point. And at this point in time, there is only one version of you that will ever exist. Or that exists, because, well... Now, obviously, there is also the present, and we only can kind of 
think be in the present moment. Obviously, the faster our processing power, our speed, our brain is, the more we can experience time, basically. In a given slot of time, we can actually make more out of the time. If I could think twice as fast, I would need half as much of time, provided I don't have to interact with a world that still is running on the normal time. Now, when it comes to a butterfly, for example, um, there is this thing, for example, insects have this, that they just experience time in a much more detailed resolution. Therefore, they actually don't need as much time as we do, because we experience time far slower, you could say, and therefore we just need more in terms of an absolute amount of time. Now, how does this all connect to the gossiping part? This is the first thing we need to understand. There are different versions of us. Now, the next thing comes from economic theory. And that's basically economic theory 101. And it's this. The basic assumption of economic theory in the past, but also kind of in the present, as I will explain later on, is this. Humans are rational. Because humans are kind of intelligent and therefore humans are rational, meaning they only do things that are logic. That So you could basically say, if I do this thing, and so out of A follows B, for example. If it rains, it will be wet, kind of. Does the other thing also work? Does being does the rain also, does the rain cause the wetness? Yeah. But does it work the other way around? Not necessarily, because it could also be wet without the rain, for example, in the morning. Or just because the air is more humid. Therefore, this doesn't really work. And so there are the rules of logic. There's only being one example. So you basically have statements like, for example, I could say that I move to New York tomorrow. I could also say that I move to Brooklyn tomorrow. These two statements can be both true at the same time. But I cannot say, I mean I can, but it's then not logic. So therefore I could say that I go to New York tomorrow or move to New York tomorrow and I also can say I move to Sao Paulo tomorrow. And both things also again could be true if it's only about being there. But I said moving. So obviously you could theoretically if I mean, if you have a super fast plane, I mean, obviously you only can kind of use the things that are already there, but in the past they were like very fast planes, but they don't exist anymore and they also don't know how much of a geographically geographic distance is in between Sao Paulo and New York. And I don't really know if this is possible to move in, but I said moving. Therefore, you can only kind of move because the concept of moving, obviously you could find a loophole. But as in a general understanding of language, moving is moving your place of living. And place of living is something that's maybe four weeks at least, I guess. So therefore, you can only move to one city. You can only live in one point at one single time. Therefore, both statements, usually, if we take the, just the general meaning of the words. And this is something many people also online just do as a trick. A mental trick. It's like, it's not about the words you say, it's rather about how you say it. And obviously, 
<laughs> it's basically taking something out of the general knowledge and, and stating that it, it it's something different. And this is something TED speakers do all the time, but that's not what this video is about now. This is just another mental note to you, maybe also to me. Now, this is logic, and this is just an example of being of a, what rationality is made up. If we now assume that for one, people only act in their self-interest, and for two, people are rational, then the world becomes predictable. The world of selling and buying decisions, the world of the market becomes predictable. And this, that's something that's very nice. Obviously, people aren't as predictable as always acting rationally, but and always trying to act in their own self-interest. Obviously, people are kind of acting in their own self-interest all the time because that's something evolution kind of put into us. Obviously, there is also altruism. What is altruism, really? It's basically making sure others also do well, but only, kind of. It's basically, both is true. Altruism is kind of a way to also care about others, but it's also kind of just a method in order to live better on your own. And it's not really a method for you, but rather for your genes. This is what Richard Dawkins talks about in his book, The Selfish Gene. So it's basically about the genes, not about us, because we are just vehicles for the genes actually to make it into the next generation. That's the fitness. It's not about us, the individuals, the living individuals. We are just like machines. We are machines that are made to make as many copies of the genes in us as possible. And now, how did I get, get into Richard Dawkins and evolution theory? I don't quite know, but let's just get a step back. Now, if we put these two things together, for one, what is the first thing? The self-interest. Yeah, about the self-interest and then obviously the self-interest of the genes. This is why we got into Richard Dawkins. But now, let's connect the self-interest and the rationality. And obviously, this is kind of rigged. And in economics currently, there is kind of this huge debate because people aren't rational actors. That's kind of obvious. If you go into a candy store, or if a child goes into a candy store, not making any assumptions about you, but if a child goes into a candy store and it's because of how our brains work, because of dopamine, if you give sugar to a child, and if you taste the sugar before, it will kind of get excited. Yeah, cookies. So now, this is not irrational acting because the child probably heard along the line in his life that sugar is kind of bad. And this is something we all heard, but nevertheless kind of fail to imply. Not imply, but implement into our own lives. This is something where the maybe government, the British government, kind of steps in and says like, only zero coke for everybody. Now, here is how to make these assumptions nevertheless work. And this is just a mental trick, kind of, but it's also kind of obvious. It's just instead of saying that people are stating or using it as an, an axiom, as an assumption, where you base your theory on, instead of saying humans are all rational actors, we just say humans all try to be as rational as possible. It's basically the same thing, just one meter level before. <laughs> it kind of looked very nice. 
before, afterwards, and then backwards, and then... <laughs> so now. We all try to be as rational as possible, because that's the only thing that makes sense. Nobody is like, yeah, how can I make my life as miserable as possible? And even if someone is like, how can I make my life or other people's lives as miserable as possible, then it's not really about them. It's about, okay, yeah, but what led to this person being in this particular state? Is he kind of addicted to these things? And why is he addicted to these things? Does he have a genetical predisposition for being like that? Or for, for example, there are twin studies. And when it comes to character, you would think that obviously the parents, for example, they grew up with, so the upbringing had a, like a huge role. But what is coming more and more to the surface is that even if you raise these identical twins separately, that both are kind of, in terms of character traits, in terms of, so we can measure how a person's character actually is on different scales, and one of them uses five dimensions, for example, openness versus introvertedness, so extra versus intro. And if we measure these things, I talk about we as I would be a scientist, as I, as, as I, am a scientist and also as I'm probably speaking English which I am not but obviously it's just about the science and I'm not a scientist so now let's get back to even though I try to make my life as scientific as possible because the scientific method is kind of the best iteration of rationality you can kind of implement it to your own life but nevertheless I don't kind of know anymore what I was talking about previously, but let's just take these assumptions. The assumption that people just try to act in their own best interest, and also the assumption that everybody, I mean, it's already both combined. So now, now let's connect it actually to the gossiping. Out of these assumptions comes that everybody, as they are, at all the different points in time, at all the different versions of themselves that existed and will exist and are currently, is currently existing, that these are just things that basically happened. And they happened because maybe of external factors, maybe because of internal factors. I mean, just about willpower, not really about willpower, but about free will. There are studies now, rather experiments, where out of brain scans, you basically, or maybe it's a different method, I just don't quite know right now, you can basically predict seven seconds before a simple decision like, will this person actually press the button or will he not? Seven seconds before, if you scan the brain or whatever method they were using at that particular experiment, at this particular experiment, they could predict up to seven seconds before what their decision actually was. And the person obviously didn't have decided yet. So the person said like afterwards, yeah, I decided at this point in time. But seven seconds before, you already knew, if you took a look at the data in the brain, that the person already decided. This means the brain already decided before we, as of free will, we decided. So this is basically just about free will. So now let's take all of this and apply it to gossiping. Now, gossiping is a method to make yourself feel better. That's just... Also, it kind of creates 
a common enemy. So you say like, yeah, this person is so bad because he gossips about other people all the time. I mean, <laughs> do you even see how rigged this argument, for example, is? It's like you both talking, gossiping, basically, about somebody else. Somebody else's gossiping habit, but obviously it works. And this is something you <laughs> again and again hear. This is something... Obviously, that's just, in terms of trying to be rational, this is not on a very rational scale, but let's just take this example and apply it to you. And that's what the video is about. If you now say that you at this point in time in the past were so effed up, for example, and now you are so much better, and now you are running, and now you are not lazy anymore, and now you are nutritionally so good, and now you are working so nicely. Or your financials in the past were so effed up, but now it's so much better, because now you are this new version of you that is basically better than the you in the past. So what did we just do? It's the same thing. Instead of taking other people you know, it's taking people you know, but obviously it's just a version of you that existed in the past. And this version of you, just like everybody else, if we take all these assumptions, everybody else is trying to do their best. Nobody is trying to harm themselves, obviously. Everybody is already trying their best. So if somebody is not able to, for example, quit smoking, then they are just not able to quit smoking as of right now. Maybe it will change in the past, maybe there are external stimuli that will make this person change. But as it is right now, they haven't quit smoking and therefore that's the best they tried. They tried already their best and that's the result. So if we now go into the world and are like, yeah, but this person is like this and this person is like this, they tried their best and this is the result. Obviously, the result can be different in the future, but they already tried their best. All the versions of them in the past, they already tried their best, and this is the result. And by now, taking past versions of you, that are also, just like the other persons, tried their best, because obviously my five-year-old version of me is something completely different from me right now. Obviously, we share kind of similarities, but... I am acting like, obviously there are things that are the same, but your two-year-old brain, for example, I mean, it's not that I now want to differentiate me, myself, from my stupid two-year-old brain. It's just that this two-year-old brain or this two-year-old me also tried their best. And that's something that's kind of very obvious. Because either, obviously, it's just painting it as of black and white, like this is, this is black and this is white. But, so this is what I what wanted to say, it's like, I, I'm kind of trying to catch the fall again, but I'm trying to continue the argument in the same style as I just did but it's not working. So therefore, we will try to just conclude it. Why you, should you stop gossiping about the past versions of you? 
Because the past versions of you did nothing else than also try their best, just like everybody else. And if you now take your past you and say you are better than past you, you're basically gossiping about yourself. And it's, I mean, gossiping about other people is one thing, because it harms you, essentially. That's the only person it harms, because... I mean, obviously, also other people can have feelings about the things you said or can be harmed by this. But it also obviously harms you. There's a saying, I don't know if it's like an international thing, but if you point towards someone else and say like, hey, they're doing this bad thing, then actually, depending on how you count, three or even four fingers are pointing back at you. And it's the same if you talk shit about you in the past. If you talk shit about you in the past and trying you and trying to set up like a standard difference between or a level difference in any field, it doesn't really matter, from this past you and the you that you are now, it's just the same method. And the same method, the method itself is rigged. The method itself is something that is also not working if people are as smart as to realize. If people are smart enough to realize what you're doing, then it won't be working. Of course, it will be working with everybody who doesn't pay attention. But by doing this, by saying, yeah, this past you was, and I even myself, I just do it again and again and again and again, and I have to catch it, because you just, maybe it's a habit, Probably it's a habit of many, very many people, but including myself. But if we don't stop gossiping about ourselves in the past, then we are not better than past us. And this is what we at least should strive for, because we try to be rational.